A heavy heart seeks solidarity. My mind reeled with a deep sense of foreboding as I struggled to process the news. It's not fucking possible. How can this be? It's not fair. Were my internal thoughts as I carefully listened to the words coming from my mother's mouth. Son, I have cancer. As I write these words and recall the moment, I can't help but mentally transport back to that precise instant. I was immediately hobbled with fear. It shook me to my very core. As anyone would do, I promptly got on the phone with her doctors, looking for answers and hoping that there was some sort of mistake. Unfortunately, it wasn't a mistake. Rich, we caught it early, the doctor informed me. We have options, but I want you to know that there is a long road ahead. I recall my body going numb and my mind racing with conflicted thoughts. On the one hand, I was relieved it wasn't too late for something to be done. But on the other, my mom still had cancer. After all, this was the woman who gave me life, loved me unconditionally, and ultimately taught me to be the man I had become. There's no sugarcoating it. It was fucking horrible. And I was honestly scared that our days were suddenly numbered. This would mark the beginning of what would be a dark period in my life. One both filled with pain and worry, and yet also full of incredible acts of kindness, compassion, and love. As I grappled with my emotions after learning the news, I began to seek out as much information as I could about my mom's disease by conducting research online. That was a colossal mistake. The more I researched, the more freaked out I became all over the worst-case scenarios. I had somehow convinced myself she had pretty much all of them, so I was in full-blown self-inflicted panic attack. It was a Friday night and a doctor's office had closed. Who was I going to talk to about my crazy questions that I now felt I needed immediately answered? It was at that time I reached out to Vim, actual name Eric. Eric has an incredible depth of knowledge when it comes to watches, especially vintage Rolex. In a moment of clarity or desperation, it dawned on me that he was also a doctor, although in a different field, and might have insight regarding the medical shitstorm I had brewing in my head. Looking back, I must have come across as a raving lunatic, high on meth, behaving like a world-class speed texter, blurting one mildly incoherent paragraph after another, spewing random notes, thoughts, and questions regarding the feedback I had received from my mother's doctor earlier that day. I feverishly paced home like an overstimulated squirrel as I waited for him to reply. A few minutes later, he called me directly. Rich, I'm here for you, but I need you to take a breath. You guys caught it early, so let's be grateful that that's where we are. Walk me through the data you have. Eric is about as blunt and no-nonsense as it gets, which is why I often refer to him as Iceman. He was filled with compassion and patience at a time when I needed it most. He calmed my nerves by confirming that the steps we planned to take were in fact the correct ones. We ended the conversation with his sharing a couple pieces of advice that would prove invaluable. The first was to always get a second opinion, which we ultimately ended up doing. The second went something like this. Rich, you need to be a rock during this process. In front of your mom, you should remain calm, confident, and upbeat. Even if you're losing your mind on the inside, don't burden her with that. Your stability will help her stay in a better frame of mind and heal faster. To this day, it's some of the best advice I've ever received. 
In the first 48 hours after learning my mom's prognosis, I was completely dejected and found myself subconsciously distancing myself from those around me. I was concerned and flat out angry, so I had zero interest in engaging with anyone. Other than my wife, sister, and parents, I had cut off contact with many people overnight. In the weeks that followed, however, treatment progressed as planned, and I began to open up a bit more about what was going on to those around me. It was still difficult to discuss in person, so I was very selective about whom I opened up to. My emotions were just too raw. After going dark on the gram for a while, I decided to share a post that divulged some of my recent shitty news. What happened next still leaves me choked up to this day. My seemingly innocuous post was viewed very differently by the watch fam. They saw it as a call to arms to help a fellow brother in need. I had inadvertently, looking back maybe intentionally, shined the bat signal into the virtual Gotham sky, and help was on the way. Before I knew it, hundreds of DMs, texts, and emails began to flow in, mostly from people in the community and offering words of encouragement and support. Some even took the time to share deeply personal stories of their own family cancer battle over the years. It was tremendously uplifting, and the heartfelt responses gave me an unexpected boost of inspiration that I would continue to tap into and share with my mom each and every day. I'm happy to say that my mom has been cancer-free for three years now and doing fantastically well. God willing, that will continue for many years to come. But in my darkest hour, the community was nothing short of remarkable. I still remember talking to Taranaut, let's call him Mr. E, the morning of my mother's very first surgery. I was beside myself with anxiety. He sensed that I was on the edge, so he kept my mind occupied with small talk and supportive words for hours until my mom came out of the procedure. Rico Suave Bolo, Richard, PB and Watches, also Richard, the Daddy-O, Omar, and cigar-smoking model, Nick, were there for me during a few uncomfortable stretches. Within the first few weeks of my mom's early rounds of chemotherapy, her hair began to fall out. We preempted the inevitable transition by taking a pair of clippers and buzzing her beautiful hair down to her scalp. I didn't talk much about it at the time, but that particular moment really shattered me emotionally. Seeing her without her former glorious hair suddenly made the cancer feel real and officially in our lives. Chatting with these guys helped me keep my head clear and maintain a broader view, which I found immensely comforting. Vim would regularly check in to see how my mom was doing, as would many others, like Lactar Josh, B Harmon 417, Watches on Me, Patch Style, Kick Talk, Josh Shanks, Paggy Arnado, Ian Cognito, Wise Watch, Lich MD, Mrs. Watch Picks, Fremstar, Practical Watch, Mr. Daniel James, Life of Yoni, and many others that I'm sure I'm overlooking. Ironically enough, I'm sure most of the people I've mentioned here are more than likely utterly unaware of the profound impact they had on me during this period. It wasn't because they lacked self-awareness or anything like that. It's because they were merely doing what friends do. They were there, expecting nothing in return, only wanting to offer support in a time of need. In a period of darkness, my vulnerability led me to seek solidarity wherever I could find it. My immediate family grew stronger, as did a few select friendships, but it was the extended watch family that came through in the clutch like I never could have imagined.
In the end, the beauty of the online community known as the WatchFam isn't the camaraderie that comes with it. No. Instead, the beauty is that it connects people with one another like no other media has before or since. I'm certain that other online communities aren't immune in this sense, as I'm sure there are similar stories out there from coin collectors, French bulldog owners, and a host of other hobbies and interests. True, WatchFam and other online communities are special because without them, we would never know the reach of these communities. Watches really do bring people together, and that's a good thing. At Clocks on the Rocks.